Oh, they're dropping like flies. Why do people say that? Do flies just actually drop? I thought they fly around. <laughs> Hosting and bandwidth provided by the Blue Box Group. Check them out at bluebox.net. You're fantastic at coding, but do you have an action plan to take it to the next level? The upcoming book, Next Level Freelance, will help you optimize your freelance business for happiness. The book is packed with actionable steps to make more money, case studies, tips to find more clients, and exercises for you to establish your desired lifestyle. Extras include nine interviews with freelancers who make great money while enjoying great work-life balance, videos on strategies to find quality subcontractors, and videos on making more free time by outsourcing your daily tasks. Check it out today, nextlevelfreelance.com. This episode is sponsored by Planscope. Planscope is a project management and collaboration app built for freelancers and the way they work with clients. It makes it easy to price out new estimates and once you're underway, help answer the question, will this get done on time and under budget? I've been using Planscope to do my estimates and manage my projects and I really, really like it. It makes it really easy to keep things in order and understand when things will get done. You can go check it out at planscope.io. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 84 of The Freelancer Show. This week on our panel, we have Eric Davis. Hello. Jim Gay. Howdy. Jeff Schoolcraft. What's up? Reuven Lerner. Hey, everyone. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. Just want to remind you to go check out goingroguevideo.com and uh, get that half-hour video of how I went freelance. So this week, we decided we were going to talk about taking time off. And I'm kind of curious, how often do you guys wind up taking time off? I try to take the nights off. <laughs> you sleep? That's a good idea. I like how you think it's a joke because I know a lot of people that don't. Oh, so true. So yeah, true. I think that tends to happen uh, both for freelancers and for employees as well. You know, I, th- I for me, I, I know that was actually a struggle. I had to make sure that I was, you know, closing up shop at a certain time. That, that I think was step number one. And then later it became, uh, you know, everyone I knew around me was, you know, taking off for some federal holiday or something. And, and I would, I would be totally unaware that there was a holiday. I've done that. But with the holiday, what I tend to try and do, depending on what my kids' school schedule is, is if I think they are going to have some, uh, free time, then I'll work it out so that I work the holiday and then take another day. Hmm. Because that's when a lot of other people go out and do the kinds of stuff that I want to get out and do with my family. And so we can miss some of the crowds that way. Right. It's a good idea. Yeah, we had um, some opportunity to go. I, I live right outside Washington, D.C., and so there's plenty of good museums and whatnot. But during the government when shutdown, the yeah, we, can, we can't get into them. So <laughs> we have to come up with new ideas. That's funny. Kind of sad, but funny. Yeah, my I was supposed to chaperone my daughter's field trip to the National Zoo last week, and there was, everybody was concerned about whether or not the zoo was going to be open, and it wasn't, so they canceled it. But so an entire first grade, like 300 kids, just lost their field trip. A small thing, but it's annoying. Yep. So um, how often do you guys wind up taking time for, like, sick or family things or things like that as opposed to sort of the planned time off? I Well, I mean, like, well, for religious reasons, I take off every Saturday, like Friday night to Saturday night. So that's sort of forced no computer, no phone time, and with family time, which is actually very nice and convenient. So it's sort of like guaranteed once a week, plus usually my wife 
takes one day to work late at work. And so that's my afternoon, sort of set afternoon with the kids. Um, I mean, in addition to other time with them. Um, so at least every week I've got sort of a guaranteed day and a half, two days to be with family and do stuff there. And in terms of sick time, yeah, I mean, I saw Eric wrote in the back channel here too often. I definitely feel like, I mean, I know I don't sleep enough. I tend to work crazy hours. I tend to work after the rest of my family goes to sleep. I, I'll keep going for another two, three hours. And so I'm sure that there's a correlation there between the fact that I don't sleep enough and the fact that then every, I don't know, maybe six weeks, eight weeks, my body says, stop, and sort of forces me to go in bed for a day or two. Mm-hmm. You would think that I would have learned the lesson after this long. Yeah, you would think, wouldn't you? <laughs> as, as, as they've said in Calvin and Hobbes, live and don't learn. That's us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'll chime in here. I, I tend to take a vacation every so often. We're planning on a trip to Disneyland um, right around Christmas. But for the most part, I, I don't really get a lot of time off that I've planned on. So it's just kind of an impromptu, hey, we're going to go down to the in-laws or it's you know, I don't feel well, and so I'm taking the day off or, or whatever. Um, one thing that I do wind up doing is planning around the podcasts, and sometimes that's something that, uh, you know, brings some discussion with uh, some of my clients. So it just really depends on what's going on, but, but yeah. So when you're I, – I guess we can transition here. If you're planning on taking some time off, like to speak at a conference or go on vacation, how do you usually arrange that with your client? I tend to have clients who want me to help them train their teams. And so I'm usually right in there with the, in the thick of it with uh, an existing development team. So for me, it's, uh, you know, we, if we have two week sprints, I'll let everybody know, Hey, the next sprint, you know, I'm going to be away for this conference or I'm going to be, um, you know, just taking a few vacation days. Or if it's, if I am, you know, either going to a conference or I happen to be lucky enough to speak at a conference, I might practice a presentation with the group and sort of, you know, spread some knowledge. So sometimes it can be a win for the client, uh, but other times I just sort of fit it into the schedule that we already have. You know, everybody else, if they take, t- they take time off, they just say, hey, I'm going to be gone on these days. Yeah, that's usually what I do. And I just try and give them as much notice as I can. So. Yeah, I mean, I I tend to have like this sort of two-way negotiation between clients and family. So if we're going to take a vacation, we usually go away, let's say, two, at most three weekends a year. And then usually for about a week or two during the summer, we go away. And so, I mean, some of my clients, like my training clients, I just say, well, I'm not available on the following days. Let's find other days. But if I'm supposed to be in constant touch with people, if I'm supposed to go to them once a week, twice a week, then typically as far in advance as I can, a month or two in advance, I say, well, I'm not going to be available during this period. But then I always tell them, and this is true, that wherever I am, I always have Wi-Fi. So if there are real emergencies, they can always reach me. But they've generally been pretty good about respecting my time off and understanding that everyone needs to take time off. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you ever wind up taking time off that's a little bit longer, like say for a week or two weeks, as opposed to, you know, just a couple of days? Yeah, well, I mean, like we, uh, I, I guess, except for this past summer when I took two months off to push ahead of my dissertation, uh, the three previous summers we went to Europe for about 10 days, 10 days to two weeks each summer. And, um, it required a little more scheduling, but I think when I started freelancing, I felt sort of guilty. I was like, Oh my God, I'm leaving my clients in the lurch. What are they going to do? I feel so bad. 
And then I realized they take vacations too, and they're normal and they're human and they understand it and they don't have anything against it. And when you're working in a large organization or in a medium sized organization, you realize the organization will continue even if someone's not around this week or next week. That's a really good point. Like getting over the guilt of taking time for yourself and realizing that other people do the same as, uh, I don't know. I, I think it took me too long to, to realize that. Yeah. And the reason that I'm asking is because, um, that, that week that we're going to Disneyland, the, the week after that is, um, new media expo and CES. And so I'm looking at taking part or all of that week off too. So. I'm I'm trying to weigh everything out and figure out what what all I can uh, get away with and you know without leaving the client in a position that is uh, not the best for them. So even when I'm on vacation, and maybe this speaks to my <laughs> my nature of being addicted to such things, I'll still spend about an hour, maybe even two hours in the evening, going through email and reading things. And so if they need a quick response, I'm there to respond. But for the most part. My clients have actually been very reasonable about it. They say, no, go on vacation. We'll see you in two weeks. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, when you're taking that much time off, for example, when you went and uh, did your dissertation and stuff, did you save up just a whole bunch of money? <laughs> um, yes, but, um, I mean, there was some savings there, certainly. That was enough for about, I don't know, a month of salary. I mean, there's I have more savings as well, but I let me backtrack a little bit. So we've been putting money aside both in the company and in our own personal accounts every month. Uh, and so basically I use the savings from the company to pay for my salary for about a month. Uh, but since I was away for two months and then we had a month of holidays in September, so I really needed an extra two months of salary. So basically I just went to the bank and, and took out a loan for that because I would rather have the company pay for a loan than take it out of my own personal savings. Mm-hmm. People who actually know something about financial planning might laugh at that, which is totally acceptable. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, um, Eric, didn't you take some time off, some extended time off? Yeah, and I'm actually doing it right now. Last year around summer when my daughter was born, I took two, I can't remember, two, maybe two and a half months off. Uh, No work at all. No, I, I barely checked email. And then right now, I'm trying to think, I think I've been off since July, maybe end of July. So, you know, a couple months there. And I've done, I did used to do it kind of like how Jim does it, where like I would tell the client, like, Hey, I'm not going to be around. Um, and I, it was nice because my clients, we'd be on like a weekly schedule. So I would just say, you know, I'm going to work full time this week, but then next week, you know, I'm not working for you and I'm actually not even going to be around. For these long extended ones, I've actually just kind of finished off my client projects, got them to a place where they're happy, and then said, you know, I'm not going to be around until, we'll say, like November. And then around that time, we can we reconnect, see if you want to do another iteration or two on your project, and we can pick it up there. And I basically just don't have any clients for a while, which it's working pretty good. It's it's a nice, relaxing time. I can kind of take care of stuff that's, you know, you kind of put off when you're really busy. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll, I'll just tell a, a bit of a horror story from years ago. So like, well, you can feel a little bit guilty or worried about your clients. So I guess it was probably close to 15 years ago. I had a bunch of people working for me and I went on vacation and not just, not just a vacation. I was on what they then called a geek cruise. So it was a tech conference at sea. Uh, they've changed their name since then. It was a lot of fun. Although cruises turns out aren't really our thing as a couple to travel. 
And at that point, there was no internet access on the ships at all. So I was going away, and uh, I didn't have access to email or phone for about, I guess, 10 days or so. And so I told my clients, don't worry, you'll be in the safe hands of this employee. <laughs> and then sort of, I, I think I stopped off at one of the uh, ports, I think it was Puerto Rico, and checked my email at an internet cafe. And I had mail from my client saying, what happened to you? That employee isn't around. Um, and basically, so I spent the rest of the vacation making phone calls from wherever I was to Israel, trying to figure out what happened to this guy, who basically just decided to leave me in lurch. Um, so bad things can happen. And I spent a lot of time then repairing the damage from various places via email and via phone. But now I just make sure to really prep people and make sure that if anyone's going to take over for something, they're reliable. Yeah, there's a horror story for you. So uh, what about sick days? So if you're not feeling well, I mean, to what extent do you uh, do you handle that? Depends on how sick. If it's like a minor sickness and maybe like my head's just not all there, I'll take like a half day and try to rest half the day and put in, you know, another good half day. If it's worse than that, or if I feel it's going to affect the quality, or if I have to do some really intense thinking, um, I'll try to take the day off and then make it up later that week. Or if it's an extended sickness, I'll, you know, tell a client, be like, I'm just not feeling good. Here's why. I don't think it's best. And it's in your best interest for me to work. If you really want me to, I can. And, you know, basically let them make the decision on if they want me to go at like half pace or if they're willing to kind of push the deadline back or, you know, reschedule things. Yeah, pretty much. If I'm sick, I tend not to get like have to lay down and drink fluids and eat soup or whatever very often. But when I do, I generally just take off and it's almost worse with the kids and whenever they get sick my wife's a teacher and i'm at home most of the time so it's easier for me to get the kids from school and school rules if they're sick they have to be out for with a fever they have to be out for until their fever is down for 24 hours without medication and so i end up just taking all those days off too because it's hard to deal with this kid and try to focus on client work at the same time I think it's, even though I said earlier that I probably get sick, I don't know, every two months or so, that was probably a bit of an exaggeration, but I'm rarely, like, stuck in bed for a few days sick. That's probably happened, say, once or twice a year, and somehow the germs are very cooperative and manage to uh, only put me out of commission when I don't actually need to be anywhere. So it usually happens, I'm sure that's all also partly psychosomatic, right? But, like, basically, if I have three days when I don't have anything scheduled when I'm planning to be in the house that's when basically I'll be out of commission. So it's pretty, uh, it's pretty unusual for me to have to cancel, cancel for being sick. But with just about kids, yeah, that definitely happens where my kids will be sick. So sometimes I'll have to move meetings around for that. Um, or my kids are now big enough where I can leave them at home on their own for half a day or even sometimes a day. I've had, um, I've got four kids and they're all still pretty young. And so I, I remember, I think it was last year, uh, was particularly bad. People were getting sick all the time. We, we would get well for about a day and then get another illness. And um, so we've had times where we were literally getting sick, you know, every couple of weeks or every couple of months. And so far this year has been better. But I've the way I've tried to manage it is I would, you know, try to do what little work that I can. If I needed to be in a particular meeting, I'd make time for the meeting or something like that. But then just say, you know, I. I can give my feedback, but any any um, 
effort I put into critical thought probably is going to lead nowhere <laughs> except for just burning time. So I often try to just take time away and not do anything. And even that's a challenge because I already have, you know, kids and family to deal with outside of work. So I, I feel like I can never spend the time. My, my wife is the same. We never really get the chance to spend time just in bed, even though that's probably what we need and we get us recovered faster. Yeah, I get tension headaches uh, periodically. And so um, with those, I'll tend to go and lay down for half the day and, and do that kind of thing. And I just shoot off an email or get on Skype with my client and just let them know that that's where I'm at. And most of the time, they're pretty understanding. It's like, okay, well, you know, thanks for letting me know, and we look forward to whatever work you get done when you're feeling better. Let's say another thing is, uh, it depends on your project, too. Like, a lot of the stuff I do is, like, internal things, and there might be a deadline, but it's mostly an internal deadline. Like, there isn't a big PR launch, and so most of my clients are like, yeah, they just push back their expectations a few days. It's not a big deal for them to change and renegotiate Mm -hmm. schedules. But if you're doing, like, a lot of public work, that you know, that could have an impact because you have to actually get stuff done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was going to say that I'm not a big fan of medicine or especially cold medicine because I figure, well, I'm actually, you know, the symptoms are actually there to help me get better and fight the germs off. But since I started doing a lot of lecturing, I actually have to appear somewhere at a time and be able to perform. Even if the cold medicine is just helping with the symptoms and even extending the cold, uh, turns out that it can be pretty useful. So, uh, it's not unusual if I get a little sick or you know, medium sick and I still have to lecture, I'll just go out and take a few cold pills with me and uh, drink enormous quantities of tea or even more enormous quantities than I usually do while lecturing. Yeah. So one thing that, that I, I want to talk about just a little bit is uh, when you're forced to take time off and you know you don't have a client. Do most of you guys have money in the bank that you can kind of live on for a little while? Yep. <laughs> no, so, I do. Not when I was starting. When I when I was starting, I did just about everything wrong that you could do wrong. I got wrong. It's like quit or leave a job or however I ended up not having a job. No money in the bank. Taxes were an issue. Getting clients to pay was an issue. But I'm much better now. I have, I don't know, five or six months or something of salary that I can do what I need to with to give me a little bit of buffer, but man, in the beginning it sucked. <laughs> I've been in that position a few times actually where um, I wished I had saved up some more money than I had. And uh, yeah, it's not a pleasant place to be. We, we started, I guess it was a number of years ago already, as I said before, putting money aside in both the business, well, business account we started about a year ago, year and a half ago, but personal account we started a number of years ago putting money aside. And I'm guessing we have about like eight, ten months of salary now in there just in case. And uh, it's nice to know. I mean, as I said before, we're not using it right now for my time that I took off over the summer for a variety of reasons, but it's good to know that if things are really tight, if we really need, we, we've got it there. We're not going to... My, my wife is also a freelancer, and she just left a big job that she had. And um, basically, we don't have to worry about it that much because worst comes to worst, we will be able to pay the mortgage. We, be, we will be able to buy food to eat. Yeah, I... I think I had not quite as bad as uh, Jeff, but when I started, you know, my wife and I sort of had this plan. Like I had been doing freelance work on the side, and before I quit my job, we prepared for several months, putting away what we could. And I've had, I've had at least six months on the side, waiting, you know, 
to be able to either take time off if I wanted to or take time off if I had to. And I'm right now actually uh, sort of in a holding pattern. I'm working on finishing up my book. And uh, so I'm turning away work at this point uh, for now. So I'm going to take a couple months and just try to finish it up and get that done. And thankfully, we have the cushion there that we've been saving over the you know last few years. Uh, so it definitely pays off because I'm I'm still able to care for my family. I'm still able to be involved in the things I want to be involved in, and I'm not stressing out about it. You know, like if I if I needed to take time to finish up this project uh, and get my book out there and done. Uh, and I didn't have the money in the bank to give me at least the the breathing room where I felt like I could buy food for my family or you know pay the mortgage. Um, it certainly would be really stressful. And I have definitely gone through times where you know you work on your day job uh, all day long and you have all those stresses, and then you have to help take care of your family, and then you try to do your side project where you're trying to build a product or something like that, and that is just exhausting. And that's usually when I get sick and and then I end up needing to take time off when I feel like I can't afford it. And, uh, it's just a a cycle. So I've been focusing lately on making sure I'm exercising, making sure I'm getting plenty of sleep and just generally being healthy so that, uh, I can take better advantage of, of the cushion that I have, you know? Yeah. And actually one thing off that, like I said, is I, I'm kind of in the middle of a break right now. And a lot of this came from, you know, having a new baby. And then I jumped into a really large project where it was over full-time work every week for three or four months. And basically that completely burned me out. And now like it's taken months for me to, you know, get back into eating better, exercising, trying to get sleep and all that. And I finally feel like I'm kind of back to who I was, you know, six months ago. And that's just something like, I know I have to be careful because if I get too far gone, I, you know, I completely burn out. I can't work. And if I can't work, then it drains the savings. And then I'm even more stressed out because now there's no savings. So it's, it's important to do that. And if you can do it and figure out a way to make it more sustainable than to work really hard, take time off, work really hard, like that, that's something to, you know, put some effort into doing, even if it means you have to turn down a few clients here and there. Yeah. That's a, the other part of that is you can get into, a vicious cycle of a vicious downward spiral with you work hard, you work hard enough to burn yourself out and then you need to take a break, but you're draining your savings and you feel guilty for draining your savings and not keeping it or improving it. And then you go and get burned out again. I mean, that's, that's tough. Yep. Vacations is something that came to mind for me. I had at least in the past been pretty bad about, tuning out during vacation, you know, we would go away and I would still check my email and I would try to stay on top of things. And somehow emergencies always crop up when you're not supposed to be working. And, uh, it took me a long time to slowly pull away. Like as my family would need time away, we'd take either a long weekend or a week or two weeks or whatever it is. I've slowly been able to get to the point where I realized that I don't have to check my email every day or at all. Um, and that I just, you know, make sure I let everybody know I'm not going to be responding and I'm not going to be able to help you through whatever problem you find. You're just going to have to either do it yourself or, or wait. And that, uh, I think much to my wife's delight and my kids as well, uh, has been much better for, for all of us that I've been able to just tune out 
And that was tough for me, especially in the beginning when you're hungry and you don't have that savings in your, in your account, you know, your, your family needs time off and you need time to spend together, but you're so stressed out about making sure you can actually provide for everybody that you keep checking your, your email or, or whatever it may be. And, uh, it just leads to a really exhausting vacation. Yeah, I've done that a few times. So I've done a, a working holiday or try to, oh, vacation, I'll go to the beach and I'll work a couple hours a day and then do the vacation the other time. And it just bleeds into everything. And it's, it's just not that, it's not that helpful. You can't completely get away from everything and de-stress and enjoy the family. But back to what you were saying earlier, Jim, I, that uh, you're getting better at shutting the computer down or leaving the office at the end of the day. And that's, I think that's something in the last, I don't know, nine months or a year that I've gotten much better at over the weekend. I try not to do any work-related stuff over the weekend, try not to hang out on the computer at all. Partially, the kids help because we have soccer and swim meets and God knows whatever else going on on the weekends, but it's nice to have a break a couple days where I'm not doing anything, but yeah, it's tough to get in that habit. Yeah, it took me a long time to work up the confidence to say to people, well, I'm just not going to be available for the next few days. In fact, this just happened literally in the last 24 hours. Uh, two companies called me and said, we'd really like to meet with you. And I planned on the next few days being just dissertation days, doing a little bit of work for clients, but not a huge amount. And so I said to them, sure, I'll be happy to meet with you next Tuesday, next Wednesday. And when I started freelancing, I would have been petrified to say that to someone because from my perspective then, well, if I say that to people, clearly they're just going to leave me because I'm not at their beck and call and get snapped to attention. But no, they seemed okay with that. And so I'll meet with them next week. So clearly what they thought were problems are not, that doesn't make them burning emergencies. But then the flip side to all of that is if you show instantaneous availability, then it could either one, make you more undesirable because you have obviously nothing to do because you're just sitting around waiting for someone to call and ask you to do it. Or you're setting a precedent that lets them know that they snap and you jump kind of thing. It's the psychology yeah. of this is annoying, but we, we have this electrician and plumber who we use in our house. We've used him for a few years and my wife is always amazed. We say, Oh, we're going to call the plumber. She calls him and he says, okay, I'll be over in half an hour. And we're always wondering, is he just waiting for a phone call? Doesn't he have any other clients? <laughs> that I mean, given all this though, I mean, I, I mentioned this before. I'll, I'll say it again. When we're on vacation, I do still check my email. I don't think that's a terrible thing. But you know, I I, uh, I usually restrict it to say only about an hour, maybe 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 two hours a day. So wherever we go, whenever we get a place uh, that we're that we're renting on vacation, I just make sure that there's Wi-Fi. But truth be told, we use that to plan the next days anyway. Beyond uh, beyond just email. One thing that changed for me was that I would go on vacation with my laptop, and that was a horrible idea because it's just too easy for me to do any work I need to do on a laptop. And so I think the last time I went to Universal over the spring break or something, I didn't take a laptop, just took an iPad. I mean, I could still do Skype if I had to do Skype. I think I did it one day because there was a deployment going on that I knew about, and I got SSH, but SSH with ISSH or whatever you try to use an iPad is really freaking painful, especially if you don't have a keyboard. So it just conditions you <laughs> not to use it for anything. Regular so, I mean, expressions. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, just anything. I mean, uh, it's really annoying trying to use it. I mean, all the meta keys are not convenient because you don't have a keyboard for that, so you're always pressing a modifier to get something else. But, I mean, it's it's nice because it's so painful that you don't want to do any of that. And you can check email, but, I mean, uh, I'm not going to reply more than a sentence or two without a keyboard, and so if I have to touch type, I'm not a texter. So uh, it's just... Limiting myself and the hardware I take makes a big difference in how much I actually want to do or try to do for the business. One thing we did a couple of years back is we went up to the BC Islands in Canada, and I don't even remember the island name, but there was literally one semi-public Wi-Fi spot on the island, and it was like a cafe that was only open like five or six hours out of the day, and it shut down like before it even got dark. Like it was, it was tiny. Um, and we didn't have like whatever international stuff on our cell phone. So the only internet access we had was my old Kindle had 3G in Canada. And if anyone's used the old Kindle web browser, you know, like <laughs> it is, I mean, dial up modem makes it look pretty cool. It's but, a step um, above links. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, and we, I tried to do that to log into like my webmail account for Rackspace to like uh, check in on stuff. And I'm like, yeah, this isn't going to work. And, it, I can't remember how long we were up there, but it took a few days and I finally disconnected because I couldn't actually get the things. And I'm like, look, if, if there are actual servers on physical fire right now, I can't do anything to put them out and just let them burn. And I, you know, I got back into the U S and immediately jumped on my email, but there wasn't anything that really blew up and anything that was kind of was an emergency. It kind of got downgraded to like a threat level yellow by the time I got back, but it was, a, it was a nice kind of a nice experiment to really get away and get completely like off the grid and it was relaxing. So, I mean, it's, that's something to think about with your vacations. I mean, you know, you can, you know, try to take just an iPad and try to limit it, but if you actually go someplace where you actually cannot physically get on the internet, that's, it's kind of an adventure. The discussion we're having about time off is interesting in light of, um, uh, I had a project where, Checks just weren't coming in. Invoices were being ignored. They were late. And so I contacted my project manager and I was just like, hey, I'm not getting paid. I'm not going to be in today. I'm going to take the day to work on some other things and hopefully this will get sorted out. And had that just been a sick day, it would have been, oh, I'm sorry, you know, we'll make do without you and we'll see you on the next day. But because it had to do with payment, it everything sort of just got really crappy. And I, I, I think it's so interesting because everything's very amicable when somebody's sick. Uh, but as soon as there's like money, uh, a money problem in it, um, at least with this particular situation, it became a serious problem that strained the relationship, uh, which I, I found was odd. You know, they didn't apologize and, and commit to quickly remedying it. They, they were upset that I would take the time off. Uh, <laughs> How? Dare you expect to get paid, you greedy person, you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's funny because I've kind of had the opposite thing where I, I basically told somebody, you know, I haven't paid, so I'm probably going to wind up taking tomorrow off. And they, they like jump through hoops. We'll overnight you a check or, you know, whatever yeah, it is. That's what I thought. I thought I'd get that, but I should have just, uh, I should have said, oh, I'm going to take a sick day. And by the way, <laughs> I haven't been paid. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, though, is that I don't know about you, but I tend not to like to beat around the bush. So if I'm going to take a day off because they're not paying me, I'm going to tell them that. Oh, yeah. It's like, sorry, guys, but uh, we're kind of to stop work. <laughs> that, that place, that stop work place. And uh, 
you know, hopefully we can work this out before we go too long and I find another client or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, when I, uh, every so often when I've had clients not pay, a lot of times the associates of the big organization, it just got lost in the bureaucracy. And so the person with whom I'm doing the work is actually happy to hear about this because they say, oh, well, let, let me talk to the payment people and see where it got lost or messed up. Mm-hmm. And usually that tends to uh, to solve the problem pretty quickly because they want the work done. Yeah. So, as I said, we've gone to Europe for a few summers, and uh, it was it was all of us. It was my wife and me and our three kids. And um, basically, my wife and I both made sure to have some work meetings there. And obviously, tax laws in different countries work differently. And how black or white or gray you want to accept it is is up to you and your accountant and your confidential discussions. But basically, uh, because my wife and I both did work, had some meetings during our vacation, we were able to treat both our plane flights and uh, the rental of the apartment we were we got through VRBO uh, as business expenses, as opposed to personal expenses, which was kind of nice. Oh, that's nice. That's a good idea. I've done it where we, we traveled to a conference or something and, you know, wrote off my portion of things, but I've never... I've never done it to the, you know, to that degree where we wrote off everything. But my wife is my partner in my business, so I, I suppose we could do that. Yeah, talk to a lawyer. <laughs> and an accountant. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I was going to say one thing to kind of keep in mind is don't feel guilty if you need to take a day off or two days off. I mean, it's not the not the end of the world. And, you know, especially if you compare it to, like, how you used to be as an employee I know some people that they might get two hours of productivity done in a week. So, I mean, if you actually work really hard when you're on and then take the afternoon off, that's still probably a net win over some people. So don't, don't beat yourself up about it. Cause like Jeff was saying, that's just a vicious cycle and it's going to get worse and worse. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of misplaced loyalty. And I know we've talked about this a couple of times before, but I and I don't know if it's culture or, or what, but as an employee or as a freelancer, I think there's this overwhelming misplaced loyalty that you have to whoever is paying your bills that is not reciprocated by the person paying your bills. I mean, so the other side of it, and it's been brought up this in this episode, that um, you're, whoever's paying your bills will also take vacation, and they might not plan enough ahead to tell you the things you needed to know so that you could keep working while they're out on vacation. And so I, I don't know. I agree. Don't, I don't feel guilty about it. And I think there's a lot of, uh, misplaced loyalty. And it's one of those things when Eric was saying that the situation got downgraded to like code yellow or something. And so not only was he able to go off, but the customer survived and having that barrier of time actually could figure out that it wasn't such a bad deal. The customer could figure out that it wasn't such as big a deal as he thought it was and fly off the hand when, oh my God, everything's on fire kind of thing. So, yeah, it's kind of, this is egotistical is not the right word, but if you, if you either as an employee or freelancer think that by taking a day off that the company you're working for is going to go bankrupt, that's, I mean, I don't know what else to say, but that's kind of egotistical. Like the, the company's going to survive. The business is going to survive. Yeah. They might have problems and it might take them a bit to kind of fix stuff, but realistically, you're not the core centerpiece of anyone else's business but your own. And so you kind of have to keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if their company won't survive, then they've got bigger problems than that. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, whenever I start talking about taking time off for for things, sometimes I get um I get crap from my wife that we can't afford for me to take that long off and and so uh for me that that's just a sign that we need to get a little bit more into savings and you know, make sure that we're in that place. Um do you guys find yourselves negotiating with your family sometimes to take time off? Yeah, but my wife's telling me to take time off and I'm worried that we can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, I, like I said, um, when I started this until recently, uh, my bank account has not allowed me to, to not have the issues about taking time off. That I did before. And before that, I mean, I, Money is one of the biggest problems in our family. Just when are we going to get paid? When is the client going to pay the invoice? The invoice is a couple weeks late. You got to deal with this guy and you have more clients in a pipeline and all this stuff. And then once we got this buffer of five, six months or whatever in the bank, I mean, everything is just so much nicer now. There's a lot less concern about, all right, so why are you playing video games today instead of working? It's like, well, I'm bored. I need to do something different than deal with this Ruby 2 or 186 Rails 202 project that's <laughs> making me stupid. But, <laughs> but no, I mean, after... So we did for a while in the beginning. That was probably one of our biggest points of contention was just the money flow issue, cash flow issue, and where where and when it's coming in and how's it coming in and all this other stuff. But once once we're able to build this cushion, I mean, I'm a lot less concerned. I mean, she would be happy, I think, like Eric is saying. Uh, if I could take off the summer and not work, I mean, that's my goal. My wife and kids are both in the school as a teacher and students, and so if I could take the summer off and not have to deal with it, I think I'd be happy to do it, and so would she. Yeah, I mean, with with us, it's always sort of, as I said, this like multi-way negotiation. So we definitely want to go away to Europe again next summer. And so I just, in the last two, three days, received an invitation to a conference um, that has to do with my PhD research that's in Europe every two summers. And we said, oh, well, Vienna, end of August, that might be nice. So we're talking about, well, can we do this for one week? Can we do this for two weeks? So we're already starting to sort of put the process in place that allow us to consider financially what would be involved and how we could pay for it. And how long we would be there. Um, I wouldn't say I get pressured to go away more, but my wife said, look, if we're already going away, why don't we just make it two weeks? Cause we always really enjoy going away and, you know, a, f- a few days aren't going to make that much difference. Um, and, and she's probably right. And uh, this is a slightly different point, but I find that when I take a vacation, what do you know? It really is nice and refreshing. And I come back with a clear head and I can do better work. So after years of not really taking vacations, it's it's definitely worth doing. Yeah. So that leads me to one other question. You you did mention that you uh, take off to Europe during the summer. How long do you usually go? Oh, like a, a week or I, I think the most we did so far was two weeks. Yeah, I think it was either ten days or two weeks. Um, and so it, twice, no, once once was in conjunction with a conference, and then twice we just sort of went on our went on our own once we sort of figured out the formula for it, which is we go to a city, we don't rent a car, we only use public transportation, we rent an apartment there as opposed to a hotel room through VRBO or home away, and then we just use that as our base and we go shopping at the local supermarket and don't go out to eat much, which is a huge, huge, huge money saver. And um, so, and then we just, oh, and we go to a lot of museums. 
because my wife is a curator and we've all learned to do that a lot, including <laughs> my kids. <laughs> so if you ever want to see children enjoy an art museum, you're welcome to tag along with us. It's not science fiction. <laughs> yeah, it just sounds like fun. And I keep thinking that it'd be fun to do that kind of thing where we just, you know, kind of go live in another country for a few weeks. And, uh, you know, I would just work, I'd, I'd make that work out and then, you know, just make sure that it's not as full time as it normally is so that we can enjoy it. But yeah. Right. So when, when we went to Paris, uh, I guess we were there for a total of 10 days and four of those days I was at a conference. So for those four days, my wife took the kids around and they did things together. And then the evening we got together and did stuff. Um, so that's sort of like, you know, part-time work, I guess. Yep. All right, well, anything else that you guys want to bring up before we get to the picks? Nope. Just just as I said to encourage people to take vacations. It is good for you, is even good for your business, and don't be afraid or embarrassed to do it. All right. Well, on that note, let's go ahead and jump into the picks. Um, Jim, do you want to start us off with picks? Sure. The I don't know if everybody here is familiar with SAS, but it's a preprocessor for CSS and uh, SASConf. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't at it, but SASConf was this past, uh, weekend. Um, although by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be a long time ago, uh, in New York. And, uh, so SASLang.com uh, has a new, uh, website up. And my friend Roy Tomei had a, uh, workshop today for SAS for learning everything about Compass and SAS. Uh, and he did it in Reston, Virginia, but I think he's planning on doing some more, but he has a sasworkshops.com uh, website, and I just recommend everybody check that out. Um, and then uh, to plug my own stuff, uh, cleanruby.com, clean-ruby.com, I have a newsletter that I'm sending out tips uh, for cleaning up your um, code, and I've been sending out about, I think, five have gone out, and I haven't yet archived them on my blog yet, but eventually I'll uh, I'll get, get around to that. So check those things out. Awesome. Uh, Reuven, what are your picks? So people have every so often talked about bags, laptop bags and other such things. So I mean, my pick is a uh, triplet that I got from Tom Bin a few years ago, I guess about two, three years ago. Uh and I just absolutely positively love this bag. It's called the brain bag. It's immense. So, um, but if you carry lots of stuff, cause I'm always carrying my laptop and in case I get bored, two or three books and maybe something to eat and my travel mug. Uh, so it's, it's nice to have lots of room in there and inside, uh, for extra protection, they have this thing called the, the brain cell. So you stick the brain cell in the brain bag and in theory, you can use it as a separate sort of mini bag. And I did that for a while before I got the brain bag, but they work really well together. And then um, they've got this sort of even smaller bag called the Snake Charmer, which is for all your cables and such. And uh, I can't say it's amazing, but it is kind of convenient to have all my cables in one place, the power cable, the video cables, my uh, cellular modem. So uh, I've been enjoying those. And they seem so far, I guess about two years later on the brain bag and more than that on the brain cell, virtually indestructible, which is definitely better than I can say for the previous cheapo bags I had bought. Awesome. Uh, Eric, what are your picks? Um, my pick, I might have picked it before, but uh, it's the Lamy Safari Fountain Pen. Um, I'm picking it because I started actually writing down my Pomodoros in a notebook and just happened to like, grab this pen that's been not used for, I don't know, a couple months now. 
And I'm really enjoying it. Like I've never used a fountain pen before and it's actually kind of nice. It's good for me because I, I have bad handwriting and I have wrist problems. So like actually being able to write without like stabbing the paper is kind of nice. So it's very inexpensive fountain pen to get started and you can get the cartridges or like refillable things for it. So it can actually be, you know, inexpensive and not like a couple hundred dollars to use. Awesome. Jeff, what are your picks? All right. So I have uh, a couple. Uh, the first one is actually because of something you said, Chuck. Uh, I read, it's an article, um, Lessons Learned in Two Years as a Digital Nomad. And now looking at, it, maybe this is the one I th- thought I read a month or so ago. But it, it's interesting that Guy is, is a developer and I think his wife's a designer. But they've been traveling for the last two years or so, uh, still doing all their work and whatever. So it's similar to what you just said. I read it in the last few weeks, so I thought I'd include that as my pick. Another thing, which I don't really have a great link for, is WhisperSync. And it's um, it's an Amazon technology. They bought Audible, the audiobook company. And so I was reading a book my wife suggested to me a while ago. Um, I actually started, I don't know, last week, and then we went to Bush Gardens over the weekend. And so what WhisperSync does is it matches up the book on Kindle and the Audible audiobook. So you stop reading, and whatever page you left off on the book in the Kindle, when you start listening to Audible, it'll say, do you want to fast forward to where you left off? And you say yes, and it just works. It's pretty amazing. As I've... This is, I've used it for two books now, and it's it works brilliantly. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. And the last thing is uh, Vex IQ. I coach my daughter's uh, robotics team in elementary school, and we do first Lego League. Uh, so it's Lego uh, Lego robotics, but they're expensive as hell. It's like I don't know seven or eight hundred bucks to get a team up and running if you plan to go to a competition. And Vex IQ is very similar to Lego, snapped together parts. Um, real Vex is metal, and you have to do cutting and a lot of other stuff. But Vex IQ is plastic with snapped together parts. But the cool thing is you can get the big set with all the sensors for like 300 bucks, and the competition is 100 bucks, and every other team is 50 bucks. So it's it's pretty cheap comparatively robotics club but if you're into that or think your kids will be into it it's a lot of fun because that would be my last pick awesome i don't have any picks this week i've just been kind of crazy busy and stuff so uh i'm gonna not pick anything and uh, just remind you that in a couple weeks here we're going to be talking to joe cutner about his book the healthy programmer besides that we'll wrap up the show and we'll catch you next week